Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Morale Booster with John Ogudi. And today I have with me uh, a man who calls himself a felon turns attorney. And uh, he is the author Duncan. He is the principal of uh, the author Duncan Attorneys. Uh, welcome to my show, the author. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure, John. My pleasure. Yeah, awesome. So, well, uh, my viewers have been waiting to hear from you. And I know your experience in life is something that would resonate with so many people out there. So can you please tell us who you are and what you do? Well, I'm currently a criminal defense attorney in Buffalo, New York. Um, however, um, I'm a felon. I served three years in federal prison back in 2000, from 2000 to 2003. Um, after I got out of federal prison, I decided to go back to school. Um, found out that in New York, um, you can still become um, an attorney, even though you're a felon. It's discretionary. is up to a what's called a character and fitness committee. So I decided to go back to school um, and try. However, there was no guarantee. But the only way that um, I could find out whether they was going to allow me to practice or not was to go through all the pre-steps. Yep. So basically, I had to graduate um, and get my bachelor's, um, go to law school, graduate from law school, um, take the New York State Bar, pass it, you know, accumulate all this debt, and then go in front of this committee, and they could have told me no. So um, fortunately, and by the grace of God, when I got to this committee, um, I had you know, accumulated enough letters from individuals I came across on my journey from different judges, um, um, politicians, um, uh, employers, um, my pastor, they had all wrote letters. And so when I got to the Character and Fitness Committee, um, they approved me and allowed me to practice law in New York State. Wow. That's a great one. Um, sorry, I would have a lot of questions for you because I know there are so many people out there who know people, even if, like, I've, I've, you know, I would say I'm lucky I've never uh, gotten into trouble. But I know people, and I know people who know people. So... Mm -hmm. When we all spread this, trust me, it's going to go to the heart and soul of so many people. So how did you, what gave you the drive? Can you tell us about your background? Like, you know, growing up, how did you get entangled in crime? Or was it a, you know, how did you get entangled in what got you into prison? Well, I'm originally from Los Angeles, South Central LA. Um, I was born... Um, Back in 69, my father went off to Vietnam. My mother was from Buffalo, New York. She had moved out there. So she was out there struggling by herself. So while I was growing up, she wind up sending me back to Buffalo um, to live with my grandparents. So I was back and forth from Buffalo to LA the majority of my life. Um, I went to high school in LA. Um, and actually, I had my issues with the Crips and Bloods out there. Actually lived in a blood neighborhood where I was supposed to wear red, but I went to school with Crips, so I was supposed to wear blue. So I was steady going from one dynamic to the next, um, basically just trying to survive. Um, I was approached by gang members on a lot of occasions, and I was able to talk my way out of it, except for one time 
um, on a bus. A gangbanger put a knife to my throat and took my Lakers jacket. Um, and so I was going with, dealing with that dynamic outside the home. Then inside the home, um, my brother's father um, began, he got addicted to drugs. Uh, he was very abusive um, to my mother and all of us. Um, he started stealing everything out of the home, TVs, VCRs, anything he'd get his hands on. I would come home from basketball practice and everything would be gone, windows broke out, so on and so forth. It got so bad that the gangbangers came to the house and threatened to kill him and my mom's if the drug debt wasn't paid. So um, his family uh, was able to pay his debt. Um, he wind up leaving the area. Um, after that, um, L.A. kind of had like a sour taste in my mouth. So I was like, let me go back to Buffalo, visit. And I wind up coming back to Buffalo. And all the people that I grew up with in elementary school in Buffalo, they were selling drugs. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm leaving Los Angeles to get away from this. And I come back to Buffalo and all my friends are doing it. So I was like, I couldn't get away from it. But like here in, Buff in Buffalo, my grandfather was a pastor. So I was like, I'm never selling drugs. And then also I seen the detriment it caused to my family in L.A. From the gang violence to the drugs and all that. So it was something I would never do. Right. However, you... You hang around with nine drug dealers, you bound to be the tenth one. Yeah. So I kept hanging around my friends, and I wind up start selling marijuana. Um, I had my oldest son, and the marijuana game wasn't wasn't fast enough. I wasn't making enough money, so I wind up start hustling crack. Yeah. So um, um, I I sold you know drugs, crack, however you want to call it, a good ten years. Um, I wind up getting indicted by the FBI over a phone call back in 98. Yeah. Um, I wind up doing three years in federal prison. Whoa. And then um, and then I got out and then I started my journey to becoming an attorney. Now, one thing um, about me was that I was always smart. Yeah. But I didn't want to be the smart kid. I mean, you know, look at my name, The Arthur. You know, I, I got a nerdy name. <laughs> but I, you know, everybody calls me Tone because I wanted to be the cool kid. You know what I yeah. mean? And so I strayed away from what I call my A game. And my A game was I was smart. So I wanted to play basketball. You know what I mean? I wanted to be a rapper. You know what I'm saying? And wanted to be the cool person. Then I wind up selling drugs because I saw the, the women in the fast life. So, and I strayed away from my A game, which I was, which I was smart. And so when I got out of jail, I was like, let me go back to school and go with my A game and see where it leads you. See if I can deflect from this felony because now I'm a felon. And now, and I got out of jail with a high school diploma, no job skills. I never really worked. Um, and so to me, I had, I, it gave, prison gave me a chance to start over. And so when I came home, my friends were still out there. They was like, yo, trying to give me stuff, trying to get me to go back to hustle. I was like, I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. It's not worth my freedom. You know, I'm just, you know I mean? Just all I had in jail was some memories and pictures and stuff of that fast life, but nothing while I was in jail. I didn't get no visits. I mean, from none of my friends. And so it was kind of like, I was all by myself. Right. So when I got out and I kept to myself and I was like, I'm not going back to jail. So that's when I started, you know, went back to school. And I, like I said, I went with my A game. And then, and also there's, you know I mean? There's, there's bad information out there. 
So people think that because you're a felon, you can't get financial aid. Well, I got True. it. You know what I mean? As, as a matter of fact, I got financial aid and loans up the butt <laughs> that you can get it. So, and I actually, I spoke at a college here in Buffalo because um, they, they were telling their students bad information. They were telling their students, you couldn't become an attorney with a felony. And a lot of people think you can't. So that's one reason why, you know what I mean, I put my story out there. I wrote a book about it called Felon Attorney. Um, and a lot of people said, why would you put that out there? Why would you let people know that you're a felon, now that you're an attorney? I'm like, well, first of all, God didn't bless me for me to keep this a secret. Second of all, people need to know that, you know, after you make a mistake or what have you, I mean, there is a second chance. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? That you is is an opportunity to turn your life around. You have to be patient. Um, you have to do the research. I always say they say what's you know what I mean, who knows what they say. You know, they give them bad information. Check into it yourself. See what you can do and can't do. Now yeah. you look into something as a felon and you find out it's an absolute bar, then of course you can't do it. But if you look into something as a felon and they and you find out it's discretionary then that means there's a chance. Yes. And a lot of, and a lot of times, I mean, what do you have to lose? In my case, worst case scenario was that if the character fitness committee told me no, I would still have a Juris doctorate. So even though I was a felon, I would still have a JD and I could be able to teach or do something, you know what I mean, with my Juris doctorate. So, you know what I mean? So it was a all, all goal for me that I got this J Jewish doctorate that's going to deflect from this felony, even if they don't allow me to practice. But I mean, they allow me to practice. And then a couple of years ago, um, they allowed me to practice in New York state. However, to practice in federal court, you have to go in front of a judge, a federal judge and get admitted. So I chose to go back in front of the judge that put me in jail to get admitted into federal practice. And I asked my, my defense attorney, um, he was my defense attorney. I asked him to be now my sponsoring attorney. So basically, we had the same three individuals, the judge, me, and my defense attorney, back in front of the same judge uh, 15 years later um, after he sentenced me to 46 months in prison. Um, now he admitted me to practice in the federal court. Wow. Yeah, and he embraced it, too. He was, like, happy. He was, you know what I mean, to admit me. And now... Um, believe it or not, he's a close friend. And you know what I'm saying? And who can yeah. say that who can say that their sentencing judge is a close friend and I and I have his cell phone number and I talk to him at least once a month on the phone. And I see him at events and we're like cool now. Right. And that's crazy to be <laughs> a friend of the judge that puts you in jail. Yeah, because you actually knew where you were heading to. So you had your why, and you knew you were actually out there to make a difference this time around. Yes, of so course. So it's always easier when you know you are no longer the bad guy. Yeah. Yes, that's it. So this, this is an interesting story, you know, because I come across people who say, you know, they're felons and they cannot be useful to themselves or the society. I always have this feeling in me that a lot of people who say things like that are people who haven't done any research. Right, right. Yeah, because for me personally, I am 
an immigrant in this country, you know. So when I come in, when I got into the country and I saw people, you know, having several belief systems, I knew they were lacking research. Mm-hmm. And what you said now is key. And I hope people who are watching this program should be able to learn one or two from you. I don't know how to sing. I'm not a rapper. So this is the only way I can help people know right. what is going on and how to become better. So can you please tell me how, how did you manage to, how, what, what, what made you think about becoming an attorney, you know, first of all, because there are so many other professions out there you could have chosen. Why, why did you choose this? Um, well, you know, growing up, everybody, they ask you what you want to be, doctor, lawyer, whatever. And right. Actually wanted to be a lawyer, like in high school, um, never thought about it seriously and all the pre-steps you have to do to become a lawyer. Um, I was too concerned in high school with basketball yeah. and just, you know what I mean, trying to be cool or what have you. So I never um, basically saw what I had to do to become a lawyer. Um, so I got out of prison and, um, you know, and I was at a community college and I got real close with this professor there and I was doing well there. I was, I was working full time, like 50, 60 hours a week driving a wheelchair van and I was going to school at night and, you know, I was doing very well. And I actually, this professor, I had him for like three classes. I signed up late. So I happened to take the same professor that's fitted to my schedule for like three classes. So I had him for history, social studies, and something else. And so I was seeing this guy like three, four times a week. So we would start, we would talk after class, and he would like, the Arthur, um, you're doing so well in my classes. You know what I mean? What are you going to do when you get your associate's degree? And I said, well, I always wanted to be a lawyer growing up, but I know, you know what I mean, that's out of the question now. He was like, what do you mean that's out of the question? You young man, you're smart. You know, I think you can do it. And so I confided in him. I said, well, um, professor, um, I'm a convicted felon, and I don't think I could become an attorney uh, with my felony. And I always, when I talk about this, I always, you know what I mean, make a mention that he could have said, yeah, and what about his business? <laughs> yeah. But he He said, he said, the Arthur, are you sure about that? And again, without doing the research, as you say, right. I assumed that I could. It wasn't possible. I said, yeah, so I was like, um, he was like, I'm, a, I'm like, I'm pretty sure you can't be an attorney as a felon. And he was like, um, he said, I don't know about that. He said, let me look into that for you. Right. I'm, I'm like, sure. So about two weeks later, um, he actually stayed at the class. He was like, the Arthur, um, um, you know, I got good news for you and I got bad news. And he was, I was like, well, what's the good news? He said, well, the good news is that there's no bar from you becoming an attorney awesome. at felon in New York. And I was like, well, Professor, what's the bad news? He said, well, the bad news is that, and as I said before, you're going to have to do all this pre-steps, get your associates, your bachelors, um, go to law school, get your juris doctorate take the New York State Bar and pass it, he said, before you can find out. He said, so there's a chance that you can do all these things and then go in front of this committee and they can tell you no. And he asked me, was I willing to take the chance? And like I said before, I didn't have nothing to lose. I'm like, sure. 
And so, and the key thing is along the way, I put myself in these surroundings with all these influential people. So, yeah. So when I undergrad, so I started like work, I started, I worked for the mayor and I, I mean, I volunteered for the mayor. And then once I got into law school, I interned for a judge. And then after that, I then I, um, I worked as a, um, a law clerk for the city of Buffalo law department. Then after that, I worked for um, a New York sim, a New York assembly woman for six months. And then after that, you know what I'm saying. Then I, and then I worked for a councilman in Buffalo. So by, by the time I got to the Carriage and Fitness Committee, I had all these letters of recommendation and character right. that you know what I mean. That they looked at it and they was like, you know, "This guy has changed." So and so that was the key. So once you make that decision to change. You have to change your surroundings. Yeah, you know what I mean, you have to change, like they say in you know, AA, people, places, and things. You can't do the same things you used to. You know what I'm saying? And and, re- and expect a different result. Right. So you have to change. So Completely. I was, yeah. So I got out of prison, and I went from a drug dealer to somebody that was catching a train in the bus. And you know, people would see me, and it was like, and so I had to put my pride to the side. And you know, and pride told me to go back to do what I, what I was doing to put some money in my pocket. All right. But I was like, I'm not going back to jail. And so, you know, I just stayed the course. And you have to be patient because it's not going to happen overnight. But whatever you accomplish, you're going to work towards it. And what what you get on this side legally can't nobody take it from you because on the other side, you know, what I mean, you being a drug dealer, somebody can rob you. You know what I mean? You can go to the plug, they can rob you, you can go to jail, and all that stuff can vanish in a minute. Right. But on this side right here, this Juris Doctorate that I got, this degree that I earned, can't nobody take it away from me. You know what I'm saying? The credit and the things I have now, I earned it that no one could take it from me. And now I'm able to, you know what I mean, just be comfortable and lead a law-abiding life. And you know what I'm saying, and realize that this is the system, and you have to adhere to it. There's no getting around it. There's no shortcut. There's no that fast life. The fast, the faster you get it, the faster you're going to lose it. So you know what I mean. So you have to think about longevity. And as they say, this is this chess, not checkers. Right. That's true. You know, that's one good thing I like about the United States of America. You know, there is opportunity for anybody who is actually looking for that opportunity. But what prevents people from my own research, what prevents people from achieving their goals in this country is a lack of research. A lot of people just go based on assumptions. Yeah, like you said, you need to surround yourself with people who do what you do or what you would like to and that's key. So, like, how long did this whole transformation take? Like, from getting out of prison to, you know, graduating from school, getting your JD, and actually, and you know, up to earning. How long did this whole process take? Or getting your first job? Yeah. Well, I got out of jail in two thousand and three. Um, I enrolled in um, community college um, the following year in 2004, um, got my bachelor's in, in 08, um, graduated from law school in 2012, 
Um, I got admitted to the bar in 2013. Um, I worked for an attorney for the city of Buffalo doing civil litigation for four years. Okay. And after that, um, I resigned and opened up my own criminal law um, firm, and I've been doing that for like four years. Awesome. So, I mean, it, it, it's a process. Um, I mean, during the process, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, when I got out of jail, I worked, I drive, when I was talking about earlier, driving a wheelchair van, so I was driving a wheelchair van, like picking up people that's in wheelchairs, taking them to doctor's appointments and stuff. I did that for like eight, about seven, eight years. Okay. Um, and, and I also, um, even I took a job, um, delivering papers in the middle of the night. Right, because the bills yeah. have to be paid, you know. It has to be paid. <laughs> um, yeah, when I, because I had a wife and three kids when, oh, okay. um, coming out of prison, and then now I, I added two more. So I have, you know what I mean, you know, a wife and five kids. And right. so, and that's part of the thing is like I had to do what I had to do to support my family and my dream. All right. Um, and then also, once I graduated from, I graduated from UB and I didn't get into UB Law School. Now, in order for me to go to law school, there's only one law school in Buffalo, was UB, University of Buffalo. Right. And I didn't get in um, for two years. I got denied two years. And so I'm sitting there telling my wife, um, you know what I mean? I want to follow my dream. I got into a law school. I got into law school in Cleveland. I got into a law school in New York City. I got into a law school in Ohio, in um, like Dayton, Ohio. Right. But it was like, how am I going to leave my wife and kids? And so that was a hard sale. So I wind up um, getting into a law school in Cleveland, which is a three and a half hour drive from Buffalo. So my first year of law school, my first semester, I basically commuted. So basically I would get up um, like 5.30 in the morning and mm -hmm. drive to Cleveland to get to my nine o'clock class um, like at least two, three times a week. Okay. And so I would stay in, sometimes I would stay in a hotel. So I was like back and forth my whole, and, and during that commute, um, I almost flunked out of law school because I wasn't studying, I was driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so the second semester at Cleveland, um, Marshall, um, I got an apartment. And so, um, and you know, the, um, my income got a little better. Um, my wife working and stuff. So I was able to get an apartment. So um, I got an apartment in Cleveland and my grades got better in Cleveland. Right. And um, over the um, the summer, um, um, that's when I transferred back to UB. And I did my second two years at University of Buffalo. And that summer in between there, I had interned for a judge here in Buffalo and she helped me get into um, UB Law School. So that way I ain't had to leave my family. Right. But, I mean, but it was like, at that point, it was like, whatever I got to do. So me driving back to Cleveland, back and forth to Cleveland, it, it was what I had to do to obtain my dream. And so, you know I mean? You have to decide what you're going to do and you have to work towards it. Yes. I mean, you, it can't be no excuses. You know what I mean? You want to sit around and say what you could have done, what you should have done when you could have did it. And you can start working towards it. So if people look at it and say, well, how long it took you the whole process, I said, well, um, it's seven years, four years of undergrad, three years of law school, then the bar, so roughly about eight years. And so and they say, wow, eight years, that's a long time. Yeah. So, then I, so then I see the same, so I see the same person next year, 
they'd be like, um, how long did it take you? And I'd be like, it took me like seven, eight years. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. Uh, still thinking about it. I said, well, one year could have been, you could have done one year oh, out yeah, of that right. eight year already. And you're right. still sitting around thinking about it. Well, you could have did one year already. Right. You know what I'm saying? Why are you thinking about it? So I tell people, you, I mean, you can't have excuses. And then that's one thing. And one big thing was when, when President Obama was leaving out the office, um, I had an opportunity to put in for a part. And because I'm still a felon. Yeah. I didn't get, and I want everybody to know that, to be clear. I didn't get my felony expunged, pardoned, sealed, anything. I am still a convicted felon in the state of New York or in my case, since my crime was federal, you know, I mean, I'm still a convicted felon as, as far as, you know, I mean, the federal government. Right. And so in order to be pardoned, the president would have to pardon me from my felony. Right. So I have to, you know what I mean, make an application and the petition to the to the pardon attorney um, why President Obama was going out in order to get a pardon. Right. And so while doing my preparing my application, I just I kind of thought about it. And I was like, every time someone asks me about becoming an attorney, the first thing they say is, oh, you must have got it pardoned, or you must have got it sealed or expunged. Right. So I'm thinking to myself, if I get pardoned, that'll take from my message. Yes. Because no one would say, oh, he got pardoned after the fact. They will all think that I got pardoned before, before. it. Before. Yeah, before, and that allowed me to become an attorney. But right. I don't, that's not my message. My message is, despite my felony, I became an attorney. Exactly. You know what I, mean? so I was still a felon when I became an attorney. So you can't use that as an excuse. You know what I'm saying? And then ask like people that. say, well, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm too old to be going back to school. Well, I graduated from law school at the age of 42 with a wife and five kids. Whoa. <laughs> and so they say, well, I can't do it. Um, you know what I mean? I'm from this neighborhood. I said, well, I'm from the hood. I'm from two hoods. I'm from South Central LA. Then I'm from the east side of Buffalo. I got tattoos on my arms from one neighborhood, from people that passed away. I got scars on my forehead from getting hit in the head. I almost lost his eye. I've been shot at. I mean, everything. So you can't use that as an, as an excuse. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, and I'm still a felon. You know what I'm saying? So that's not an excuse. So now, now what you going to say? Nothing. Yeah. What, <laughs> what, what, what is your excuse that you can't make it? Absolutely is, nothing. It's nothing. You can't, you can't give me no excuse. So, <laughs> so that's part of, part of my message. And that's why I, like I, said, I put the, I put it out there. And you know what I mean? And that, that's what I want people to know that, you know what I mean? You have to, you know, people worry. And now and this is what I um, always tell people also, that first things first is to make yourself a priority. Right. And because everybody, especially when I talk to the kids, I always ask them, I say, um, who's the most important person to you? And they all say, oh, my mother, oh, my grandmother, oh, my dad, this and that. And I and I'll be like, that's the wrong answer. They be like, well, what do you mean? My mother ain't the most important. My father is, and I'm like, no, you are the most important. important. Right. Because if you really love your mother, if you really love your father, your grandparents, and all that, you need to get yourself together so you can do something for them. Because you can't do nothing for them right now. 
Matter of fact, you hanging out on the corner and doing the stuff you're doing, you're not doing nothing but worrying them to death. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're worrying them. They can't get no sleep, thinking about what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? You can't, if they get, if they get sick, what can you do for them? If they don't have no job, what can you do for them? How can, show, show me that you, they're so important to you by getting a good job and the education so you can take care of them. Then I'll believe that your mother is the most important person in your life because I'm going to see you taking care of her. Well, right now, you can't even take care of yourself. Yourself, right? Because you have to love yourself first. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you are the priority. Be the best, whoever you can be. Be the best person you can be. Strive to be the best. Then you take care of your mother, your father, your, anybody else, and you know what I mean. And then you can show me how important somebody is to you. But right now, you can't do nothing for nobody. Right, right, right. Well said, well said. Yeah. You know, I, that's that's one of the major reasons why I decided to um, start doing what I'm doing now. Because in the process of me coaching people, I've come to realize that it, a lot of people lack education. When I say education, I'm not talking about going through the four walls of a school. They lack education. They lack information. Mm-hmm. And information is paramount in the world we live in. Okay, so people watching me right now, they should be able to learn. Those who have friends, family members, who are felons, who have given up in life, please use this as an example. You know, limiting beliefs are real. And when you have a conviction that you cannot do anything, when you have a conviction that you're too old, you are a felon, you don't, you're not rich, you don't, you, you're not intelligent, you know, those things hold you back. But when you change your mindset and you have a why, if you tell yourself, I want to achieve this, all you need to do is to surround yourself with like minds, first right. of all. You know, the boy selling drugs on the corner. If he wants to do something great, he should immediately look for ways to mingle and associate with people he would like to be with. I really love your story. It's a great one. My kids will hear this. You know, it will teach them a lesson that doing bad things can really get you into trouble. Although I still tell them on a daily basis. But when they hear from other people, it will make a whole more sense to them. And but right now, what I do is I have a, a, a nonprofit organization. So I do take my kids to these places when we're making donations, we go together. So they see how people are suffering. So they know that they have to do better. You know, so I like your story. It's very, very good. Um, do you, I'm sure you've worked with several people who fall into the same category. Do you offer any kind of, um, help to those people? Um, so, you know, being that my story is kind of out there, you know what I mean? Of course I get dozens of right. contacting me, inboxing me, asking me questions. Um, and honestly, I try to answer everybody I can. Um, I kind of let them know that a lot of laws are by state. 
So yes. even though, you know I mean, I, I was able to practice in New York, if you're in a different state, you need to look into the laws of your state. Right. Um, as far as practicing with a felony, um, uh, you, you know, someone who may see this and they want to think about becoming an attorney as a felon, they can go to the AmericanBarAssociation.org and they have a list of what's the, the prerequisites and whether you can practice or not with a felony um, become an attorney in each state. Um, also, just besides me being an attorney, I have friends that became registered nurses here in New York. Um, two friends, um, despite being felons, they became registered nurses. Oh. So basically, that's something that people think you can't become a registered nurse because you're a felon, but it's discretionary also. Right. So I have two friends that became nurses and basically, <clears throat> because of my story, they kind of looked into it and found out that they could do it, and, and they accomplished it. So basically, like I said, you got to do the research. Now, another thing is, everybody is not suited for school. Yes. Everybody's not suited for college. You right. know what I mean? Everybody, that's not everybody's lane. But then I have other friends that have, like, collection um, agencies that they're ex-fellas. I have a friend that's a welder. He makes like $60, $70 an hour as a welder. He has three wow. fellows. Wow. So basically, and I tell people, find you a niche. Find your lane. Find what I call your A game. Do Find something you do good and be the best at it. So when they look at, they looking for somebody that does this, your name is ringing bells. So right. when they look at somebody who, you know what I mean, is a great welder, boom, your name comes to mind. When they think of somebody who do, you know what I mean, the artist or whatever you do good, your name and be the best at it. Pour into it. The same way you was pouring into whatever you was doing in the streets, you know what I mean? Whatever you invest in, whatever you put your time into, that's where you be the best at. You know what I mean? So you have to have a passion and, you know what I mean, pour into it, be the best you can be at that. And, and you know what I mean? And then, you know what I mean? That's how you, you carve out that niche. And, you know what I mean? And and, and be patient. I mean, and, and, and the sky's the limit. Right. So do you have like a, a contact telephone number where you would want people to reach out to you? A number you can just say on this program now? Oh, sure. They call my office. It's area code 716-436-3214. That's 716-436-3214. Uh, and also, you know how many people normally reach out to me on Facebook? Um, I'm reachable, um, the Arthur Tone Duncan on Facebook or okay. my, um, my website is www.felon-attorney.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, uh, Instagram, um, you inbox me, I mean, I'll, I'll answer you. So, right. That, that's a good one. Um, yeah. well, like we already know the problem we have today amongst people is everybody wants instant gratification. Right, right, the microwave. Right, <laughs> you know, but the moment that mindset changes, things are always different. You know, growth is a process. So for those of you watching this program, if you know anybody who is a felon, just let them know that the first thing they need to change is their mindset. Instant gratification will not give you longevity. 
it will not give you something that would last a lifetime. Because right. when you do bad things, you will surely get caught. And that will definitely affect your dreams. So instant gratification should be ruled out. Get yourself a coach. Get yourself a life coach. Somebody who would be able to teach you the mistakes they make so you would not go through that path. So if you're in that situation, please feel free to call the author. He is very experienced there and you will be able to learn a lot from him. Research is key and you need people who already have the experience. He has so much experience. Now, a lot of people say these coaches make things look easy. Mm. Now, how can I pay my bills while I'm trying to move on the slow lane or on the normal lane? You heard when he said he was driving trucks. You know, so get a job. Look for, I know it might also be difficult to get regular jobs as a fellow. But when you reach out to several agencies, some agencies are specialized in getting jobs for people like you. Right, correct. To get a regular job, just like I always tell people, use your eight hours to fund the remaining hours. Like if you're working for eight hours, the remaining hours of the day, use it to chase your dream. If you want to go back to school, go back to school after work. If you want to learn a skill, do that after your work. But just you should have something that pays the bills. Mm -hmm. When you're not able to pay the bills, that, that's, that's the major problem. That's what drives people to doing uh, things they are not supposed to do. Get a job. No matter how small the pay is, work extra hours, but have a why. Have a reason for doing it. Yeah. The reason is a long-term goal. Now he's always, an attorney. Yeah, yeah so. and it's always easier to, to get a job when you got a job because yes. you're in the workforce. Right. So people seeing you, they see you working, and you'd be surprised somebody coming to you be like, hey, you, you think you ever think about seeing that you're a hard worker and they seeing you and you might be crossing paths with somebody they see you with your uniform on or right. they see you working and you know what I mean? You're a hard worker and they might stop you. Hey, what do you do? And like, oh, I do this. I'm like, oh, I know somebody that's hiring. Right. So once you get into the workforce, once somebody has, you know what I mean, poured into you, invest, when a company hires you, that there's an investment. So another right. company say, well, if they hired him, you know what I mean? I can hire him too. So you have to get your foot in there, get your foot in the door and get into the workforce. And you just don't know opportunities will come around. And right. like while I was working for We Care, which I was driving the wheelchair vans, I was going into nursing homes, dropping people off. And then I would go in there and they would, and then like one of the bosses from the nursing home, I'd be like, um, you ever thought about, working, you know what I mean, in a nursing home as a CNA or something. So right. I could stop working for driving and I could have started working in a nursing home. So, you know what I mean? You have to put yourself in those type of surroundings. You have to surround yourself. If you're, if you're in a surrounding and nobody is in your surrounding, your immediate people are talking about work in a job. <laughs> you're in a surrounding. <laughs> yeah. if, if none of your friends can help you get a job, or do anything positive, you in a bad circle. Right. You know what I'm saying? You, we, we have to lift as we climb. And so you have to be around somebody that can help you so then you can pull somebody up and then and so on and so forth. 
So you, if you just around some guy that's just trying to hang out and not doing nothing, that's not a good environment to be in. Right. You know, especially getting older in life and, you know what I'm saying, and you put yourself in a situation where bad things can happen because of the environment you're in and because of the circumstances. Like, as a defense attorney, we have something in, in New York It's called Article 20. It's accessory, um, basically, culpability for, um, like, possession. So basically, and I, and I tell people that, like, if you're riding around in a car and they find some drugs, everybody's going to jail. If you're in a house and they raid it and they find some drugs or a gun, everybody's going to jail. You ain't have to have touched it. You don't have to have know about it. If you're there when the police come, you're going to jail. By association. By association. Article 20 allows them to arrest 10 people for one gun. If there's 10 people in the house, they arresting all 10 of them, and then they'll figure it out later whose DNA is on the gun or whatever later, but they're going to arrest you. So my so my point for saying that is you have to watch your surroundings and the right. people that you're around, who you get in a car with, who you go to the mall with, because if you somebody if you go to the mall, some one person stealing, they taking everybody to jail. So you have to watch your surroundings. It's something I tell my kids all the time, and you know what I mean. People have to you have to watch who you're around. You have to, you know what I'm saying. So you have to be around positive people. You have to be around people that I know this person is trying to go to college. I know he's trying to take care of his, his kids. So I know he's not out here doing something wrong. So I don't have to worry about that. You right. know what I mean? But if you were with somebody that this dude you with, yeah. he got tattoos on his face <laughs> and he ain't no job and he ain't got nothing to lose, you need to separate yourself from that person ASAP. Because when it goes down, a person that ain't got nothing to lose is going to pull you down with him. That's that's true. That's why I love what I'm doing right now. You know, this is a platform that I want to use to educate people. Like I said before, education does not necessarily have to do with going to school alone. But things like what you just said, a lot of people out there might not know that they could be guilty by association. So this is a new lesson for those people that this resonates with. And that's why I would love to have you on this show from time to time when you have, you know, free time like today. You know, there are so many things we could learn from you. Like I said, I am an immigrant, you know, so I am still learning when it comes to laws. I, I really don't know that much. You know, I don't know as much as you do, but I have learned a lot from you. And I know so many people out there have learned even more. So I really do appreciate you for taking time out to uh, be on my show. And I will be calling you in the future so you can come again and talk to people. I hope you would be able to come out. It'll be my pleasure. It'll be my absolute pleasure. All right. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. We've learned so much. The people have learned. You could please leave your number one more time so that people can call you if they need to uh, seek advice. Uh, 716-436-3214. Again, that's 716-436-3214. Or just reach out to me on, on social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, The Arthur Tone Duncan, The Arthur Esquire. 
um, one of those platforms. And like I said, I, I'll answer your message. Awesome. Thank you very much. Well, until I hear from you again, have a wonderful rest of your day and my regards to your family. You too. Thanks.